everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. And that makes great company culture. And we talk a lot about it and like doing different things, like being flexible, being transparent, da, 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 all that stuff. But really what it comes down to, it's all about inclusion. Mm-hmm. It's just being inclusive in the way that you run your office and the yeah. way that you run your business to allow every person, no matter if they're a parent, not a parent, a single person, they have three dogs at home, they <laughs> have chronic headaches, they yeah. have different abilities, whatever, that every single person that is in your office can be successful at the job that they have. Welcome to Hustle & Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it is as messy as you think. Because we know that starting a business isn't easy. I mean, we've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And this year, we're talking with our guests about three important topics in our entrepreneurial journey, like team building, work-life balance, and how to recover from tragedy, both in business and in life. But up first is team building, because we know that as business owners, we're only as strong as our weakest link. We'll be talking about how to build, motivate, and empower your team. In our last episode, we talked with Lindsay Regg about what drove her to create her inclusive company and how she caters her managing style to the abilities of her team. So this week, the two of us are talking about the lessons we learned from Lindsay about business and life and some of the mistakes that we've made along the way. I love the episode with Lindsay. Yeah, it was great. I know. She has so much energy, and she's so young to have done so much. She is young. That's what I was thinking when I was sitting across from her. I was like, you are so young. So, like, well-spoken and accomplished Mm -hmm. and super impressive. Yeah. Well, couldn't tell from the previous recording. I was on a computer. Yeah. Because I had COVID, (laughs) so I didn't quite get the same energy. But yeah, seems like she was a great interview. Yeah, she was a great interview. I, I thought she made some really great points. And I loved mm-hmm. her passion for what she does, which I think yeah. is always nice to be around someone who's super passionate about what they do. You can yeah. definitely feel that. I definitely like loved her origin story. And I mm-hmm. feel like a, I hope my kids have the same origin story. Like Back same one. <laughs> no, I mean, just that, not just that kindness. Like yeah. you just tell that she was a very kind child. From the I know. Yeah. You know, it really made me think of Mason's best friend from pre-K to probably like, I think fifth grade, she left the school, mm. but um, Lily. Lily, yeah. And she was a girl who went to his school that has um, spina bifida mm-hmm. and she was a grade older than he was, but he always saw her out on the playground, was like her BFF, spent all the outside she was time. A fun kid. She was a fun kid. She's super fun. They still talk to this day often. He still goes to lots of her family parties and whatnot, but- I remember how many times like a teacher from the school or another parent would come and comment to me at like how kind my child is. And he didn't see Lily as like anything but Lily, right? Mm-hmm. Like she, he just had a fun time hanging out with her, spent extra time with her at her house and she would come to our house and whatnot. But it was just, I don't know. Kind of sad. It is kind of sad that like that's that, a remarkable. That's expectation. That's right, a remarkable right. behavior when it right. just should be normal human right. behavior. Which is probably why she ended up like switching schools and all yeah. of that um, right before middle school. But yeah, I mean, it's just 
a little bit of kindness and seeing people for who they are. She really, I think, exemplified that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So what was your overall favorite takeaway from this episode? Um, Well, I think I mentioned it in the podcast, but I thought it was kind of when she was talking about people with different abilities, how they, like, there's so many strengths. They have so many, like, great things that they can do. But in the past, they've always just been hampered by someone saying, you can't do this. Like, you don't have the, uh, whether a physical or cognitive ability to do X, Y, Z. And it's really interesting, like, kind of like was like an aha moment of, that's not something you ever ask anybody on an interview. Like you don't say, what is it that you're, that you can't do? Like, what is your limits? Mm -hmm. You know, it's your interview, your resume is all about, these are my skills. This is, this is what I can do. This is what I can bring to your company. This is how I can make it better. And I feel like those people have, should have that same opportunity to say, these are my skills. These are my ability. And I can make your company better because of this amazing ability that I have to do X, Y, Z. And whether they can do another task or not, it shouldn't matter if that's what you're trying to hire for your company, you know? I thought that was like a super great point that putting that together that we never ask, what is it that yeah. you can't do? Because it could be like, do you get debilitating headaches like every other right. month, right? Like that is something I can't do. I can't work on the days that I have terrible headaches or I can't we've work. Had, we've yeah. hired someone with like some health issues and we didn't know it. And then like a, like a month in, there was all this stuff and we just adjusted our expectations because she was still like valuable, valuable to the yeah. company. Like she was still doing her job. It's just that we had to change the way that that job was being performed and the expectations of her. And we, we do it all the time. Like we, we pivot, we yeah. change what we think after we hire somebody, but it's never on the front end of hiring somebody. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Cause I feel like if someone came in, came to me thinking that same employee and was like, I have all this stuff and I'm going to need X, Y, Z. I honestly think that we've probably been like, are they a good fit? You know? Because you would only focus on the things that they couldn't do and not the things that they could do. I don't know. I would have a hard time with that because of hindsight in general. Well, <laughs> I would have been like, well, without mm, hindsight. Yeah. Okay. Without hindsight. No, I'm, but I think that's val- a bit, it really made me think through like, like just almost, well, almost like convicting, but like almost like just think, how can I be better about recognizing that just because of like someone's shortcomings doesn't overshadow all the amazing things they can do? Right. I totally agree. I mean, everyone has their thing, right? Like no one's a hundred percent all the time. Like it could even be just like personal baggage that they're bringing to the table. You know, I mean, I know I bring personal baggage to the table all the time. There's times where I'm like, I'm doing the max that I can do, even though it might not be as much as somebody else. I'm doing the best that I can do. So I think I thought that was a super great point. Like just Mm -hmm. a good like aha moment of why do we flip the script when we're talking to somebody of a different ability mm-hmm. than we do when we're just talking to what we would consider average ability. I think it's just, it's all about perception. I think yeah. it's all about like what we've been taught because you're taught that someone with a different ability is obviously not as smart or not as good or yeah. can't rise to any kind of challenge um, because they process this information very differently, right? Did they we learn nothing pro- from Stephen Hawking? But I mean, I just, I think it's just, it is a... It's a societal norm to do that, you know? Like we have we have a, a friend, it was like my best friend growing up, and she has a brother. And he has, he was a pretty normal kid. There were just a couple of like physical things mm-hmm. that he couldn't do. And as he got older, his physical ability just changed drastically. Like I think he's in a wheelchair now. I think he is. Yeah, but he, and his mental ability never really went above, I'd say like 18 or 19 years mm-hmm. old. 
like just I'd say yeah but he was a smart kid mm -hmm. and so but the only job that he could ever get as an adult was stocking the grocery stores like, right, which like does not really jive with his physical ability. No, and yeah. it was not even that he was stocking grocery stores. It was that he was stocking grocery stores in the middle of the night doing yeah. grocery store resets. So he couldn't even, he wasn't even like visible to the mm -hmm. public. Yeah. And he found a lot of value in it because he earned money and he felt like he was contributing and all that stuff. But I just remember thinking like for him, there's so much more that he mm -hmm. could be doing Yeah, that he has, he's capable of so much more, but. He never, in Florida, that wasn't an option. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I loved, I kind of in the same vein, my overall takeaway was that everyone, regardless of ability, is really just looking for meaningful work. Mm -hmm. And I think that you kind of segued right into that, yeah. is that, like, regardless of what people are, can or can't do, that sometimes it's not the obvious task that's going to be mm -hmm. meaningful to them. I thought it was really interesting, her story of the friend that had a job, maybe like working at a grocery store, I can't remember exactly what it was, and how she constantly would forego going to that job where she made a paycheck to go and volunteer with 321 Coffee. She asked her why, and she said because it was more meaningful to her, that mm -hmm. she loved interacting with people, she liked being seen, she felt more valued right. at that company. And I think that it really goes to for a lot of a lot of people in general, that if it's meaningful, kind of the pay is secondary to that. That really what people are looking for is what's meaningful and purposeful to them. Yeah. Not that they shouldn't be paid a fair wage. I'm not sure. saying that, but people will make the choice to be involved in something that's meaningful to them. And it really goes in tandem with Maggie's episode when she talked about how people want to earn their way. Like they want to contribute. They don't, they're not just looking for a handout at the same time. Like people want to yeah. be a part of a community. Yeah. Like, they want to be a part of something. That was one of my favorite lines of hers is that people are looking for a hand up and not a handout, mm -hmm. that they just want kind of like that reach down and pull you up. Right. Not necessarily just give you something, keep right. you where you are. I think this is very similar to that. Yeah, I agree. For sure. All right. Uh, for business, my business takeaway is I just loved her one, like my favorite interview question. I thought it was such a great question is what is something kind you have done for someone lately? Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, that is a good interview question. Like one that we should definitely jot down and use. Sure. Because I would love to hear those answers. Like what's something kind that you've done for somebody lately? And even like thinking through like, wow, how would I answer that question? How would you answer that question? How would I answer that question? I don't know. I guess the kind thing I've done lately is I I did dedicate my last Friday to Ada's birthday party as like the second hand. Kind. I was having hip pain afterward because it was lots of walking around from breaking down and whatnot. So I thought that was kind, the was very kind. involvement in that. But I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like for me, my kindness is my time. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm really, really kind to my students because mm -hmm. I give them a lot of my time when I don't necessarily have to. And I like respect them a lot. So when they come to me and say, this is a lot, like I can't do this. I'm like, okay, let's just move it a day or two. Let's yeah. spend a little more time talking about it. Like, I feel really kind in that way. I feel kind to like other people. Like I have lunch with somebody at least twice a week. Yeah, I know you do. Just wants to like talk, hang out, have questions and just have my time. Yeah. And, you know, and I feel like that's really all that I can give at the yeah. moment, even though I don't have a lot of it. Like I can give you an hour of my time for sure. So I feel like for sure that. And then I always try to do something kind. Like I'm always kind in the grocery store because I'm a tall person. There's <laughs> always somebody who needs help. Yeah. Every time, like no matter what. 
There's never been a time I've been in Harris Teeter and I have not helped an old lady get something off the top shelf. Oh, nice. Like, never. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I just, I feel like just paying attention. I, my biggest thing too lately is just like smiling at random people. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the world is so mean and yeah. people are so harsh. And so even though I'm like super annoyed, like I've been super annoyed at like getting lunch or like, or at the checkout person or whatever, but I like consciously like ask them how their day is. I smile and I say thank you. And I just try to be kind because I yeah. don't, I mean, no matter how I feel, I know their days like. I do think I'm generally a kind person that way. Yeah. Like I do tend to like naturally ask people how their day is or give them a smile or make small talk like all the time, you yeah. know, just because I don't know. It's like ingrained in me. Right. But Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, I think for me, a lot of it too is like, I struggle with like, I think pure kindness is genuinely like, it's not, it doesn't have to be like a sacrifice. Yeah. I think for so long I was taught that kindness means you have to sacrifice. Yeah. Like you have to give up something to give somebody something. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. I think you can be kind just being yourself, Yeah. you know, and just doing something for somebody, but it doesn't mean at the detriment to who you are necessarily. Sometimes it does. Sometimes. But not every time. One thing that I've done a couple of times is have you ever been that been on the big grocery trip and you got like a thousand things and there's someone behind you that oh, has them going for like one. Sometimes I'll just let them ring it up on my tab. Like just oh. ring it up and I'll add it to whatever it is that oh, I'm nice. buying, you know? So I'll just like they can just go with it. I've done that a couple of times. And that always feels good, like to be able to kind of I've done I've bought groceries for a couple of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe like a handful of people in my life that sometimes just like it prompts me. Like I can just tell that they need it, you mm. know? I've only ever done it once. And it was for a mom that was like, all she had in her cart were diapers and formula. And she looked like a mess. Yeah. She just looked a mess. Like you know, she was like so overwhelmed. This yeah. Baby, and I was like, can I buy your diapers? And Did she say yes? Formula? She wouldn't. At first she wouldn't let yeah. me. And I was, and, but I finally was like, just, it's fine. It's let me do it. I had to know? convince this older lady at the Pittsburgh. Did I tell you the story one time? The Pittsburgh food lion to let me buy her groceries. Like, I mean, it was like, we were in negotiation. I was like, I am going to buy these groceries. She's like, I, you really don't need to. She's like, had like several cards, you know, she's putting this on this card or whatever. She's like, I got it. And I was like, I understand. I was like, but really you would be blessing me if you would allow me to buy the groceries. Finally, like after much, she was like, okay, like I'll, I'll let you buy these groceries. And she drew the line and I was like, do you want me to help you walk them to the car? She's like, no, I'm going to take them to the car. And I was like, okay, it was so awkward. I was like, whoa, I was like the hardest kind thing ever. But I was like, once I started, like I had to see it through, but it was like, I don't know, ridiculous. I felt ridiculous at the end of it. So what was your favorite business <laughs> takeaway slash turn personal apparently? I think it's just something that we talk a lot about, um, about company culture, but I really liked how she said it, that company culture is all about inclusion and putting people first. And while that is something that we fully like talk about in terms of like putting people first, I love the concept of inclusion and really broadening that, not just to ability level and obviously like diversity and whatnot, but inclusion of who you have on your team and you know, because when you talk about inclusion, it's embracing who that person is fully and 100%. And you're making it your space and their job, and they're able to do that job in that space or mm-hmm. in that time or whatever. And I feel like everybody needs a little bit of inclusion in their life. Like, because not everybody is a, thinks the same way. Not everybody does the same task. Not everybody has the same needs. And when I think you look at it as every person has their own unique situation and their own unique skill sets and then also like what it is that they need to be successful you stop looking at it 
again, is like, what can't you do? Yeah. But very much like, how can I make you be successful? And I think that, and I totally agree. I think that makes great company culture. And we talk a lot about it and like doing different things, like being flexible, being transparent, da, 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 all that stuff. But really what it comes down to, it's all about inclusion. Mm-hmm. It's just being inclusive in the way that you run your office and the yeah. way that you run your business to allow every person, no matter if they're a parent, not a parent, a single person, they're, they have three dogs at home, they <laughs> have chronic headaches, they yeah. have different abilities, whatever, that every single person that is in your office can be successful at the job that they have. Yeah. Yeah, and creating like, an environment like where right. you can pivot to whatever those yeah. needs are. Like you're not so rigid. Yeah. You know, that you can't like adjust and change. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I love that yeah. in general. So whether that is, you know, different life life situations or different ability levels that you have a space for them. Mm-hmm. And that flexes based on what they need. Right, right, right. Because I mean, you see like all these different reiterate iterations of people, like especially if you employ someone for a long time like you're going through all of these life phases Mm -hmm. and it changes like year to year to year right so what they need and what a what their job environment needs to look like for them to be successful changes every year I think it's really important to like great company culture also recognizes when it's time someone's outgrown something or their life is dictating more Mm -hmm. uh the path that isn't necessarily in line with where you are and and learning how to like because so, for example, like we talk about, like we have a high turnover position and it's meant to be two to three years. Right. And if there's space in the company, they can move up. But there's we don't we're not we're never going to employ 30 people. Right. We're not going to have a thousand managers. So there's really only so far you can go. And I and we know this. So mm-hmm. when we're hiring somebody for that position, we are very candid about that. Like, look, this is an entry level position. You know, in two years, we're really going to talk about next moves and strategies if we have if we're doing something and we need and you we can give you more responsibility or you can do whatever we will talk about that path yeah but if that is not the case like what I really want you to think about is what is it ultimately that you want to do and how can your time at our business and in our office prepare you for that job right and how can we help you get there because I think what it does is it creates a happier employee they feel like they're working towards something. Yeah. And, you know, and for us, it's just, it's a good karma. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not trying to like hamper you down and say, you can only work for me and I'm going to keep you at this entry level position because our company culture is so wonderful. Like, no, like I want to see you be something amazing. Like you have so much more opportunity, yeah. you know? And I think about that even with our person in the job now, she's so unbelievably intelligent. She, oh, she is. She's so freaking smart. And she does the job perfectly and beautifully. But she, I know she can do so much more. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to give her. Yeah. Like I can't, I don't have a position for her. And so to me, it's like, and right now it works for her life. But I know in a year we're going to have that conversation mm-hmm. of like, how can I get you to where I know that you're going to be like dynamic and amazing. And I'm going to be sad the entire time because I would love to have you on my team. But yes, it's not good for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you just like let it go. Yeah. I think recognizing that's important as well. Yeah. But it's creating again, going back to that like inclusive environment, recognizing that everybody's on that same path. Yeah. You know, everyone's on a different road and a different path. And how can we as employers get them on the path that is going to make them the best versions of themselves? Yeah. Facilitate whatever their next level is going to be, whether that's with you or without you. Right. Yeah. And being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. You know, it's very hard. It is hard because you, I mean, obviously our business has grown and there's, you know, different avenues that we've 
created to, you know, keep it new and interesting and exciting, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone kind of wants to be moving towards something, I feel like. And some levels, you sometimes it feels like you're kind of just like stuck here and they're moving beyond you. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But you're perpetually here. Mm-hmm. So it's always, it's always kind of like your Charlotte and all of your spiders are leaving, you know, right. doing their own thing. Right. You're like, I'm just going to stay here and die. Right. <laughs> okay. So personal, uh, what was your favorite personal takeaway? It was when she was kind of talking about like, how did you know that you could do this or start kind of impacting your community? And she said it was really easy because all she thought about was something that can benefit my community or my environment. And I feel like personally, there's a lot of times that you feel like, oh, I have to have all my ducks in a row in order to do this. Like I have to be here and I have to do X, Y, Z. I have to have X amount of money in order to give away this amount of money. I have to, like you put these parameters on yourself Mm -hmm. and, and it feels like you can never start. Like you can never do anything that's meaningful or give back to the community that you want to. And for her, it was just like, just pick something that benefits yeah. your community, something that changes that environment. And it doesn't have to be huge. It could be something tiny. And I think for us, we finally said, okay, like, let's do it. And we're doing like a big back to school carnival in the summer. Like, cause the, where we live, the local church used to provide all the school supplies mm-hmm. for a lot of the students who are low income and they haven't done it since 2019. Um, because, you know, I guess churches are suffering financially and whatnot. And so like, let's, why don't we take that on? Like we have a community that can actually provide these school supplies, provide the things that these kids need. Mm -hmm. And we have the ability, we have the space, we have the, you know, connections or whatever. And it's small. Yeah. It's not anything massive. It's not like we're raising 15, 20, $30,000 for the school. It's like, yeah, we can get some pencils and colored pencils and some paper and some notebooks. Like for sure. Like, I mean, it's not your school supply list, right? No, it's not my school (laughs) supply list, which is ridiculous. Like a novella. It was. And it was like very specific, very specific. You could not find like things on a target or a Walmart. It was all on Amazon. Anyways, not the point. Um, but yeah, but I mean, I think that there's just think about something and just do it and you don't have to do it perfectly. I think if your heart's in the right place, yeah. Then just do it. Just start. Yeah. I think, I think for me, like over the, over the years, that's one of the things I think is like a great takeaway is it doesn't have to be perfect. Like just mm-hmm. do it. That first attempt out of the gate, it's not going to be perfect mm-hmm. and that's going to be okay. Right. You'll make it better the next time and better the time after that and better the time after that, but just do it and try. Right. I think for a lot of time we kind of got caught up in that it's not going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. So why do it at all? Right. You know, we're not going to raise enough. We're not going to do enough. It's not going to be fancy enough. It's not going to be good enough. So why do it? You know? Yeah. I, I don't know if it was that for me. It was more of, it wasn't that it would be good enough. I felt like it was too much of an afterthought. Yeah. Wasn't thought through enough. Wasn't thought through enough. Yeah. Not that it would be, because I know things take time to build, but I'm like, oh, I haven't thought about this enough or I haven't yeah. spent enough time on it or, you know, thought through logistics well enough for it yeah. to not be a failure. Which there's some truth to that. There is some truth so. to that. But even even like that first time out, even though you think you've thought it through, like you still haven't thought it through. Oh no, you know, no, there's still all. gonna be other things you're like, huh, we'll shift and change that. Lots of changes. Yeah. For sure. Well, for me, I kind of very similar is I loved how she was inspired by like those around her, like her whole career path, which kind of merged into like her life's purpose, was inspired by a friendship that she had when she was younger. So I think kind of similarly, like kind of looking around and seeing what's inspiring you just around you can kind of help spark that passion and really 
build a business, build creativity, build whatever it might be. It doesn't have to be a business, but I think what are you already naturally gravitating towards and what can you improve even just incrementally, I thought was a good personal takeaway. I think for sure, like being inspired by your surroundings, but I think that for her too, it was very much like recognizing how big of a hole it is and like how much it pained her to see her friend go through this. That she's like, okay, I can make a change. Like I I have the desire. I don't even think she probably had the finances, but apparently she had she figured out how to do it, yeah. you know. But I think that was pretty admirable to give a voice to a group that, you know, What's like was an struggling ul- to give a voice to. Well, yeah, it's an ultimate kind of example to me of like allyship for yeah, sure. Like for being sure. able to utilize what she was able to do to, you know, give another group a hand up. You know, well, yeah, because I think that's a big misconception on allyship is like, oh, well, I have friends that are X, Y, Z, therefore I'm an ally. I'm like, yeah, you like support them, but like, let's be a real ally. Let's actually do something, like actually use your voice for something and, you know, change what you can change around you. Yeah, which I think is like so admirable. It is so admirable. And I love that she was saying how it's like, how many people are on our wait list? Like a ton of people are on our wait list to work there. Can't remember the number. I think it was like hundreds. Yeah, that was 200. I thought it was 200 too. That's crazy. It is crazy. And sad all at the same time that <laughs> there know. isn't something available for those it's other, two, for those 200, those 200 people. 200 people, yeah. <laughs> Which I think I is why she's continuing open, opening them up wherever, like everywhere she can. Yeah. Which is like a so, such a great example of letting the needs of your community drive yes. your business structure. It's yep. going to be super successful. Oh, so successful. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sure. So where do you feel like, kind of based on her story, mm. that we got it wrong? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we've talked about it a ton, and so we probably don't like harp on it too much. But I really feel like our biggest issue is that we talked a lot about how people coming on the team, there has to be a value fit mm-hmm. and part of their culture. And I think that we never thought that was important because we just kind of assumed that everybody had the same values that we did. Yeah. That just isn't true. And so like now when we interview, we have, we ask very, probably to them odd questions. Yeah. But we really want to get a better understanding of what it is that they value and does it match up with our values? Yeah. Um, you know, because there's some things, obviously like HR reasons, you can't just outright ask people these questions. So you're just, you're trying to f- like feel them out in different ways, like trying to get them to like peel back that layer a little bit and say like, what is it to the core of who you are that you find valuable? Like one of my favorite questions we ask is, what's a relationship that's really important to you and why? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting the, the answers you get. Yeah. You have some people who are like, okay, um, my boss, because and like, I'm like, no, 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 I want like a real relationship. Yeah. Like what is a real relationship that you have that's important to you? I'm not like trying to get some, we're not going to be BFF, so it's right. not going to be me <laughs> if I hire you. I just want to understand like, like, do you yeah. have a big family? Do you love your family? You yeah. Know, like whatever. So- yeah, I do like that question. Mm-hmm. Like, it's definitely answered like in a myriad of ways. And some people you can tell like put a lot of thought into it, and they actually do have a relationship yes. that's valuable. And other people are just like grasping at straws. Yeah, which is interesting because you're like, okay. do you not have a single relationship? That's well, valuable it could to just you? It, no. It just could. <laughs> it could just mean that they have a harder time making relationships. Yeah. which is like for us looking at the office and like, okay, you could get along with this person. <laughs> You're probably not going to mess with this person. (laughs) So therefore that person probably really shouldn't be your manager, but you would work great at this place. Like it's just so helpful to like kind of understand a little bit of who they are. So I think we got that wrong a lot. And I feel like what it did is it created a lot of struggles and hierarchy in our business. Like 
we couldn't create tiers and everyone felt like they're on the same page and they really weren't on the same page. And I felt even like from a practical standpoint, it was almost kind of like we're inclusive of all values. Like you can have all these different values and it's fine. Yeah. And then at the end you're like, actually, actually, no, no, no. We did do that for a long time. Yeah. I don't feel that way at all. Like it just made yeah. me feel really bad really, and icky about like you. Yeah. yeah. Like there were, so I think it was like, it had to be an early, like mid 2000s, so like probably 2012, 13 ish, yeah. I would say probably about 10 years ago. And we started getting some inquiries for like same sex couples. Yeah. And so half of our planning team, like didn't have a at problem with it at that time, didn't have a problem with it, but the other half did. And so we would just like filter it through yeah, and give it to the people that didn't have an issue with it. And yeah. I think it was like three years in, I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Like yeah. it should just be every person believes this. Yeah. Cause I, I, I can't sit here and tell you we're inclusive and we believe all these things when half my team will not take an event with you. Like, yeah, that's just wrong. And so we had to have a little like paring down the team. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. And to be fair to those people, I feel like they did a lot of education and work on themselves and recognize that they were wrong. Yeah. And they changed the way they viewed the sure, situation. For sure. So, you know, it was kind of twofold there. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, but it was hard. It's hard making that stand. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I felt like um, kind of on the same line, of assumptions that uh, I like how she mentioned that she, when she hires, she's looking for each other's blind spots. Like where mm -hmm. can I hire for my blind spot and looking for that diversity of background. So you're kind of bringing all these different perspectives to the table. Sure. And I felt like we got it wrong. I mean, I, I feel, I say it's often like I always just assumed that I wanted to hire somebody who thought like me mm -hmm. and really our company would be nowhere if we had a bunch of people who thought like me. Mm -hmm. uh, be just bumping into each other and never get anything done, but have lots of really great ideas. So it's like kind of learning to hire for those holes, I feel like really made us a really strong team. For sure. But yeah. I felt like even for the both of us, because we were a duo, we were constantly looking for people that kind of like fit into our like sisterness kind mm -hmm. of thought pattern. And we realized that that was just not the way to go. Yeah, I know. I was... Uh, so funny because we were just talking about this yesterday. I spent most of the day with Sarah working on some stuff and me and Sarah do not think the same way in terms of like, we think a lot the same way in terms of morality, moral things, but yeah. we don't think the same way in terms of like work and like the way that she processes things is very different than how I process things. But we work so well together. Yeah. Like so well together. It's like, like we're just very much like in tandem. Like we can do this, do that. And like, almost like we can figure out the other person because we've learned how to like work together and learned how that person's thinking to be able to do it. And it just, the task was so much more bearable Yeah, because we did it together. She did 75% of it yeah. to be fair, but you know, I just create all the support for her and yeah. you know, helped her get it out the door. But which I think is saying something like for Sarah in particular, because I think sometimes the way that you explain things, I have a hard time grasping and like wrapping my mind around it. Like sometimes it's right on, but then sometimes I'm like, I can't get to exactly where you're going. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she's learned. I think she's learned through that, but she also asked really great questions. Yeah. Like she, so I can really process through it. And yeah. sometimes, and with this one, we were working with four different similar things. So it's four different funnels. And so we're, you know, we're in the middle of it and we just started cracking up because like they just, you would just forget like that this was for this funnel and this was for this funnel because mm -hmm. it, it's the same template and it yeah. looks the same and it gets all jumbled, but you know, it's, 
So, I mean, it's one of those things where, so we finally like create a system like, Hey, how can we like keep these things separate and what yeah. are we, what are we doing for each one or whatever? But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's helpful when you have someone who doesn't think like you. I totally think that like, yeah, we would be nowhere if everyone thought like me, <laughs> just be stuck in a continual loop. I don't know if we stuck in a loop. It'd be more like a spirograph, mm-hmm. you know, like those things when you were little, it's like up down this way. Mm-hmm. It would look like that. Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, that was such a good episode. Yeah, yeah I really cool. enjoyed her coming in and talking about it. And I look forward to seeing like how her company grows and where she pops up next. Yeah. And I think it's really amazing. Make sure you go check them out. Three, yeah, two, one, two one coffee. coffee. Thanks everyone for gathering us today to talk about team building. To learn more about 321 Coffee, you can visit 321coffee.com or follow at drink321coffee on Instagram. And to learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CND Events, at the Bradford NC, at Anthem.house, and at Hustle and Gather. And if you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com. And if you love us and you love this show, we'd be more than honored if you left a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk with you next time on Hustle and Gather.